Welcome back, everyone, to episode eight of the Impact Sprint, 14 stories of heartbeats and footprints. So far, we've covered the build-up of that first ever Impact Marathon that took place in Nepal 2016. And truthfully, the process of writing and recording each of these stories has uncovered a whole host of memories, new stories and learning points that I could spend many more episodes sharing. But my flight to Nepal for this 2023 race leaves in just three days, so I figured we should speed up for a little while and touch on the impact of those early races. From January, I will be sculpting out a more thematic approach over this chronological series we've shared so far. And on that, I'd like to make two quick points. Firstly, seeing episode listenership rise each and every episode of this new season, the new format, is tremendously invigorating for me. So thank you. Thank you for giving 10 minutes of your day to this podcast. It means an awful lot. An awful lot. The second point follows on from this. Please do take 30 seconds at the end of this episode to share and leave a review. Both are incredibly important and helpful for us to increase the reach of these stories. And if you're enjoying them, there's a very high chance someone you know will also enjoy them. You don't have to join one of our races to leave a positive impact in the lives of others today. Just hit share and leave a review. Thank you. Aside, let's dig into a project, our first project that will forever hold a special place in my heart, Project Pipeline. The goal, to bring water from five kilometers away to a village that simply did not have year-round access to water. This project truly impacted thousands of lives. It was scary, it was ambitious, and it was community-led. This project still, to this day, is what we talk about when we share the impact vision. Why? Because the community led, sculpted, arranged and drove the entire project. The community was out every single day digging shoulder to shoulder with all our impact runners. The community raised funds to support our fundraising efforts and show a true buy-in from all parties. It was the community, the community, the community. And for all of us who had the privilege to support this three-year-long journey, Project Pipeline truly was a labour of love, sweat, and, well, a lot of digging. In the last episode, we introduced you to a wonderful character, Lee Letterman, a wily businessman, caring father, supporter, friend, and a source of a lot of laughter. Despite having the best restaurant in the village, he never quite built the same quality in his rooms. Staying at Leela's was a rite of passage amongst team impactors back then. We would head up to Leela's for two to three days of scouting out projects, working on the logistics and planning out the race route. No matter how long we were out running the trails of Shivapuri Park, though, I would always return to my room, take one look at that shower and say, nope, 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 I will wait till I get back to Kathmandu, nope. From the sonorous delights of the rats sprinting across the ceiling night after night to that tiny little cupboard where you could both toilet and shower, ice, ice, ice cold shower simultaneously, if that took your fancy. Back then we were bootstrapping everything. We had no budget to stay anywhere. 
nor did we want to. Staying at Leela's was our way of repaying his support and building a great relationship with a man whose impact on our lives and his village will be cherished forever. Welcome to the village of Kakani, the home of the first four Nepal Impact Marathon. Back then, days were spent out on the course or the village meetings <laughs> that would generally last about three hours and require me to sit there for the entire time as various villagers would come in, share their thoughts for 10 minutes, then disappear, only to reappear an hour later to share a second point or third. Or It was all in the Tamang language. I intently followed, but not really, of course, understanding a single word, but picking up on every single intonation, facial expression, movement of the body. When the translation was finally given to me, it was really a surprise. You can cross borders and cultures with no language other than that of deeply watching another person. Listening can be done with more than your ears. In my early days in Nepal, I had wanted to tell a story on the impact side of things of what happens when the media moves on after raising so much awareness of a natural disaster. What happens after the generous donations have been spent? What next? You'd think that a village hit by an earthquake 18 months before would be all about rebuilding homes and whatnot. But no, that wasn't the case at all. The community wisdom often defies what you would call obvious solutions. And the reality of so many meetings back then was that the earthquake or no earthquake, the challenges facing the communities before and after remained the same. Sure, the earthquakes exacerbated these challenges but they were not necessarily caused by it. When we sat down with the local leaders in Kakani, they had one clear agenda, water. They wanted a pipeline that would reach each home all year round. So it was, we joined together to buy five kilometers worth of pipeline, employ the experts to make it happen and see if it was possible to dig that much pipe in two days as we built up to the race day. In the many meetings, I had asked for more details on how this would work logistically. The answer was always very clear. Nick, shut up. We know what we're doing. And in the main, that was sort of true. I had to take a leap of faith. So on that first morning, I felt sick to my stomach. With worry and excitement, we had 100-odd impact runners who'd come across the world believing in this dream, even though... This was the first time Impact Marathon had ever happened. That number seems unfathomable. Even now, when I look back, those hundred people, I can remember every single name. I remember each of them registering. I remember each of their faces. They mean the world to me. And we had 120 community members coming along as well. And seemingly four people who knew what was going on. We were going to have to learn this on the job. The reality with any project visit, volunteering or impact work is that the first few minutes feel gut-wrenchingly awkward. Everyone is slightly nervous. Communication feels like an impassable mountain. And most of the people present don't really know how to dig a water pipeline. Including the community members, though they wouldn't admit that. So, after a health and safety briefing that we very much 
improved at future races, it turns out, a Nepali man shouting, if you have a pickaxe, don't pick your leg, although effective that time, was not quite what we expected when we were told, don't worry, Nick, I've got the briefing sorted. <laughs> Everyone, after this briefing, picked up the homemade tools that the villagers had brought and headed down to the beginning of the site. As I watched the energy of this group of 200-odd humans on this mission, I was immensely emotional. But there's no time for that. I had to get to a meeting, another meeting. I couldn't join in at the beginning. After an hour or so, I was finally able to head to the site where everyone had gone to and see what was going on. I heard it from a quite a long way away as I walked down. And what I saw next, well, even now I choke up. I could hear the songs across languages. I could hear laughter. I could hear murmurings from former British Army officers that were, there were definitely efficiencies that they could see in the process. And I could hear the shoutings of our pipeline foreman. I began making my way from the 65,000 litre water tank that would hopefully be full of fresh Himalayan water by the end of the week. And I walked up the pipeline. It took me 90 minutes to finally reach the front. Each person I passed was a smiling, sweaty mess. And we were only an hour in. Music was pumping from a portable speaker's And each person was finding their own little rhythm in the task they had to do. You see, to bring water all year round, and not just in certain seasons, we needed to dig the pipe under the soil. This would prevent freezing in the winter. And the community, they were so excited because this had never been possible before. Or so we thought. We were about to hit a bump in the road that we had no idea was coming our way. The course of development and progress is not linear. In all my years working in international development, I've never seen a project, be it furiously ambitious or just a simple idea, run smoothly on a linear chart. No. There are peaks and troughs. There are road bumps. There are immense setbacks. There are times of great doubt. And tomorrow, we're going to share a moment from behind the scenes that day that I've never fully shared before. I'm even a little nervous to share it, but part of this podcast series is to eschew just sharing the positives and to transparently offer up stories of what it takes to truly make a positive impact in the world. It takes courage. It takes the courage to be wrong. It takes the courage to be right when others don't think you are. It takes the courage to step out in faith and trust others. It takes the courage to pick yourself back up when racked with doubt. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you about a little note at the start of this episode. Please take 30 seconds to write a review and share this podcast with someone who you think will enjoy it as much as you did. Thank you and see you tomorrow.